Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 the Zone. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And uh, not safely social distancing from Costner Monson is uh, not Gordon Monson because Gordon is on vacation. Do we know where he's going? Does anybody have any idea? Uh, I, I think I have an idea of where he's going. He uh, was nice enough to me last week that I won't disclose it. Okay. Nice enough. He met that bar, did he? Uh, barely. Barely I met mean. that bar? Uh, no, we hope uh, we hope Gordon has a good vacation. Um, gets a little R&R. And, R, uh, and uh, you know, because we all need it every once in a while. And uh, Gordon himself says that quite a bit. So we hope he enjoys it uh, wherever he is. May it uh, only rain. May it look like it looks today. Can I tell you, Austin, when I was walking into the studio today, and this is... Uh, <laughs> but I... I think about you every single time that I put on my rain jacket. I do. Every time. Because of the story? Because of the story. I I hadn't thought of that story until I was walking in today and thought, I wish I brought a change of socks with me. Every time I put on, like I've got my, uh, I've got my rain, you know, windbreaker thing here. Every time I put on the hood and I think, man, am I glad I have this jacket today? I think of Austin Horton because of... Uh, of What's the, the furthest you've ever walked in a monsoon? Like record-shattering downpour. How far have you walked? Oh, man. Oh, dude, for those of you who have not heard the story, I'll, I'll do the, uh, the, the quick version. Uh, or we'll do the quick version because this did happen to Austin. But from my perspective, I was just here minding my own business at the studio one day when a, uh, Austin whirled in. And uh, he was steaming quite literally because he was angry and quite wet and in a garbage bag for some reason. (laughs) Because the convenience store that I happened upon on my travail did not sell umbrellas or or, or ponchos. So I begged for a garbage sack. And let me tell you that I have never seen it rain that hard in this town. I've been living here for the majority of my life, and I have never seen it rain like it did that day. Thank you. I mean, it. it I'm not exaggerating this. It was buckets. And the the and the, the story is my my wife was late for work. We were commuting together. She worked in South Utah County, even though we lived in Davis County. We had just gotten married. She was in American Fark. Yeah, and she was one more strike, and it was done. So we had all all we had time for was literally she slowed down didn't didn't stop came to a crawl on the shoulder at the 6th south 
uh, uh, exit. No, the six, six north. Six north, excuse me. Six north. <laughs> six Even north further exit. away. And I, I did a tuck and roll, jump out the side like I was Jean-Claude Van Damme. She said, end of the road for you, hon. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to make my way to work, and it was, it was unbelievably rainy that day. I love it that you stopped at a 7-Eleven. You were like, "Hey, uh, what are, uh, disposable ponchos? You you sell any of those? No, no. Uh, how about an umbrella? No, no. We don't live in Seattle. No umbrella. Uh, <laughs> they felt bad how, for me. <laughs> didn't the guy who brought it up? You were the guy, the garbage. The bag. guy. He the said, like, "I can give you a garbage sack," and I went, <sighs> "Okay." I would have taken it too. And what else could I had a laptop <laughs> on my back? It was, I was walking from there. It was like walking through a car wash. Everything was wet. I hung my socks on the window here in the studio. So from 6 North and I-15 to the arena, which is on uh, what, uh, I guess, uh, South Temple and 3rd West. Yeah, which, you know, on a, on a beautiful day, that's a, that's a healthy walk. Yeah, you're doing all right. But in a, in a rainstorm, <laughs> you become a murderous foon. Because that's got to be a couple of miles, right? What uh, six blocks to a mile? Isn't that what they say around here? Or is it five? I, you know, I, I could, never I, I should Google it. But it, I'm getting so mad again. I'm sorry. I would I do, never I, have done. If I did that to my wife, can you imagine if I was like, "All right, you got to just uh, make sure you roll on your right side here." <laughs> Good luck out there. I know it's raining. But. None of this is an exaggeration. None of it. <laughs> Oh, it's so so funny. And, she made and, it hey, on time. Though. By the way, uh, it was come on, bosses out there, gotta commute from Leighton to American Fork. Stuff's gonna happen, you know. Uh, what what is this? The Flintstones with the time <laughs> cards? What? She actually worked for a client at the time. I know, I know exactly who it was. Uh, and uh, they were they were nice, but uh, her immediate supervisor was like watching the the clock. Uh, for when she was uh, rolling and not so. Yeah. But we're on the oh, free- 901. We're on the freeway exit, dear. Well, don't know what to tell you. <laughs> See you tonight. Love you. At least she gave you a love you on. I'm on not the, sure if I got yet. that actually. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, the other side of the story, Jake, the night before we had probably the worst fight we had ever had. Oh really? So there's a part of me that still to this day believes. That she was like doing this for revenge. There was a, there was a vindictive motive, and it was it was a dumb newlywed fight. Like it was, is whole wheat the same as whole grain or something yeah, ridiculous? Right. And she won. Those, I, I swam to work that day. Those disagreements that you look back on and go, "Wow, that was really dumb." <laughs> and it's all honestly, it's my yeah. fault every time. No, I, I think everybody can identify with that uh, in, in one way, shape, or form. Who's uh, Gone down the blissful road of marriage or companionship. Yeah, but it's a squishy day out there. It is. And, and like you, I thought of that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We do. Uh, we we will talk a lot of basketball. Did you have a nice weekend, though, Austin? You do all right? I what? did. Uh, shout out to the good folks at Davis County Health Department for uh, uh, fixing the error that finally, we shared on Friday. Finally got jabbed. Well, got the first one done and uh, happy to have done so. Yeah. All right. You uh, team Pfizer or Moderna? You know, I don't even know. Really? It doesn't even matter. Know which you it could was. be you could be team Diet Coke and you have no clue. It might be straight peanut butter in yeah. there. I don't know. Well, you know, good. I'm glad they got that rectified. That's good news. Oh, good. 
Did some yard work over the weekend, too, you told me. Did a lot of yard work. Uh, my mom helped me out with that because a two-year-old is not uh, really convenient for doing yard work. One-hour jobs turn into five. So, uh, You did not uh, claim to be writing a column and then let Whitney do all the yard work. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a host uh, from here today, hon. That, uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, CarSense? I mean, I got a, we got an extra expanded edition of CarSense. In fact... <laughs> 12-hour edition of Carson. <laughs> it's a big sale event. Uh, Jeff's really fired up about it. It's going to be a really big thing. You know? um, now, before we get too far down the road, Jake, you are kind of on the clock here, aren't you? I am on the clock, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a day, uh, day-to-day thing with my wife who is is pregnant. By the by the way, so she's she's very pregnant. And uh, we, we is did— Is that the appropriate term? Well, what would be inappropriate? I, what would well, be I more appropriate? She's she's nearing the end of her pregnancy. She's she's been done for a while, but now scientifically she's going to be done. So she uh, and my wife is is a, a small person. She's she's got a little frame, and this this particular kid is really big, <laughs> like like really big. And our first was was quite small, and so she's she's un, she's uncomfortable. And she did some weeding over the over the weekend. Yeah, she and my daughter did some weeding while I uh, mowed the lawn. And I did think about this, like, here. well, let me tell you this story. All right. So not last week, but the week before, I come home, and the lawn has been mowed. And I thought, now, my wife is a very much do-it-yourself type of person. So I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I am now, what, what do my neighbors think of me, right? That, that, what do my neighbors, they probably looked out the window and thought, God, this son of, son of a gun has an extraordinarily pregnant wife out mowing the lawn. What's the matter with this guy? His arm's painted on? So I'm, I'm, I'm going in and I was, I was going to bring it up like, hey, Kind of what Gordon's neighbors think of him. Right. If if Lisa were the one doing the work, <laughs> nine months pregnant. Yes. <laughs> so it, it turns out that the neighbors had a service, and she went out and asked them if they mow ours as well. She was oh, okay. she was taking something off of my plate, so that was uh, that was really nice of her to do. But yeah, I went inside like, really, you're gonna do that to me? You at least wait you, till dark. You couldn't just bring it up like. You know, hey, can you squeeze in mowing the lawn? Because, you know, it's not looking good. Like, if she were that motivated about it to go out there and do it herself. But I was like, oh, I'm going to look so bad. I'm going to look so bad. My neighbors are just completely lose all respect for me. And and to be clear, it wasn't the neighbor she asked to come mow it? No, no, okay, no. Okay. It, was, it was like Bob's <laughs> lawn care or something like that. Yeah. Because that would be worse if she was, hey, uh, Tom next door, would you mind... Mowing my lawn since my husband won't. No, no, she she saw them outside and thought, you know what, this is this would be nice. Let's let's get this done for a week and and then we don't have to worry about it. But anyway, fast forward to this weekend, I did think like, okay, if she's weeding, it was in our front yard. I was like, am I am I going to look like that? And then I thought, since I'm here mowing the lawn, I think I look okay. Like I'm not forcing her to do anything or inside having a nap or something like. I don't know. Maybe the optics are the same. Maybe the optics are like, what, really? Can't you do that after you finish mowing the lawn? Yeah. There, well, that's there's that's the best case scenario. I think that you are out there working. The best case scenario, though, is that so they will still raise the one eyebrow and go, "Can't he do both? Yeah. Is he really making her do that?" Uh, but uh, so my question for you then, Jake, is: did, did you then like make it 
look really, really arduous? Like, did you add in some grunts and make it look like mowing the lawn was really hard that day? No. Just in case someone was, was watching. Right, no. No, and I, you know, I've got a, a nice lawnmower that makes it pretty easy. As opposed to my neighbor Glenn, who uses the, uh, the you know, like Looney Tunes lawnmower. Actually, I don't know if he does anymore. But... <laughs> like the rotary spinning yeah. thing that you push? Have you ever pushed one of those? No, I'm not a pioneer. It's it's rem- it's harder than you would think. I didn't know they made them still. I thought you had to, like, get them on loan from the Daughters of the Pioneer Museum. <laughs> oh, he's got one. Uh, and you again, have to like sharpen him every time. I haven't seen him do it in a while, so maybe he's he's gone a different direction. But he doesn't have a ton of lawn to mow anyway. He's got that mostly that naturescape kind of thing going. His his yard looks significantly better than mine. But I do laugh when I see him out there because he he has this sun hat that he wears in the summer, pushing his old school lawn mower, and I just think, what year am I in? <laughs> Is he wearing suspenders? No. Oh, not. darn. He's a great guy. I have great neighbors. That's why I'm concerned about their opinion of me. Yeah, you think they're great. They don't think so much of That's you. That's what I'm saying. They think Naz is awesome. They think she's you know, remarkably she is. tough. Yeah. She's just doing these things by choice. Right. I'm not I'm not the guy in planes, trains, and automobiles. That <laughs> <laughs> The guy with the truck who makes... Don't worry, she'll get it. She's skinny, but she's strong. <laughs> yeah, that's not Her me. first baby come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> what a great movie. Catch the movie zone. Scott, you walked by and heard me say just that and went, whoa. Whoa, what is going on? What is <laughs> happening there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> she's skinny. She's strong. Wow. Anyway, so shout out to my lovely wife. He's quite uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah, so if, if I get up and leave in the middle of the show, people will know. I should uh, have, like, a sounder prepared. Austin, you take it. Have, have a good rest of the show. <laughs> show you know, tunes for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, should we, we could flip formats. We do a little, like, And experiment. now the history of Rent on Broadway. I'm not kidding. All right. Should we, should we talk sports? Should we do that? Coach Chiesa is going to be on the show at 3. Uh, um Thank you, Chris Mannix. I don't know why I just went blank there. Chris Mannix will be on the show at 4. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign for the rest of the show. And it's not like Mannix hasn't joined us every Monday for like the past decade. Uh, Chris Mannix will jump on with us at 4. And then uh, Tim Lacombe will be here at uh, 5 as Jazz pregame takes over, who I believe, but now I'm not so sure, are playing the Wolves again tonight. Am I right about that? Am I I right about that, Austin? Oh, and I'm going to explain... Uh, in fact, we'll do it for the split story. I'm going to explain why I'm quite happy, actually, that Gordon is not here with us today. In fact, let's should we dive into that, Austin? Should we do that? All right, let's go ahead. I don't deserve vacation. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Conley gets a pick, steps behind the three, on his tippy toes, fires and hits. Nine threes in the first quarter by the Utah Jazz. Conley tries to loop it to Bogdanovich. It's stolen by Edwards. Throws it ahead to McDaniels. Gives to Kogi. Back to McDaniels for the dunk and the Timberwolves lead. The first time the Jazz have trailed since overtime against the Lakers three games ago. Rudy rolling the floor. Conley throws it in traffic. Rudy gets it. Misses the one-footer. Rebound McDaniel. Falling out of bounds. He saves it to Towns. And they then throw it to the wing, and Russell just about lost it out of bounds. He stepped out of bounds. The official Derek Richardson didn't see it. Morway and Zanuck are going crazy on the missed call. Morway 
he's got his hands on his head. He can't believe they missed that one. Here's Russell at the top, crowd booing. Three seconds on the shot clock, two seconds on the shot clock, one second, he hit. 96-93. So Minnesota will get their 17th win. The Jazz will get their 16th loss. Great win for Minnesota. Their second one in our building this year. And the Jazz score under 100 points for the... Wow. What, second time this year? I think so. A disappointing night that changes the landscape of the Western Conference. Well, how about that? Changing the landscape of the Western Conference. Mm. Now, you know, Phoenix then turns around and loses to Brooklyn, and, you know, it's it's a wash, really, even Stephen. All right, let me explain why I'm glad that uh, Gordon is not here. And and listen, before we make a couple of Gordon jokes while he's on vacation, and all of a sudden he, people report back to him that we're just uh, slandering his character uh, for the entirety of the show. Which could not be further from there. But but here's where I'm glad because the Minnesota we we teased Gordon last week about how he'll look at a 20 point victory and and pull out the the one thing that wasn't perfect and then be like, oh, I just don't know about these these turnovers. I mean you know, uh, and really that game against Minnesota the best way that I can describe it is all of those little things that Gordon picks out from time to time all occurred in one game. And so as much as I enjoy telling Gordon he's right, um, I'm kind of glad he's not here to tell him he's right. Feels good. I, I feel like we can have a discussion and I don't have to like humble myself to <laughs> to uh, tell Gordon he was right in the one game where it all like came together like a perfect storm. You're right. It was turnovers. It was uh, bad decisions. It was free throws. It was everything. Right. Everything he brings up, check it right down the line. And now you saying here without him here, you saying that he was right. Does that count? Of course it you, counts. You don't have to wait till next week. Absolutely and... not. Okay. And then and then by that time, you know, this game will have vanished into thin air and and we can continue to say, Gordon, really, they beat him by 20. Are we really going to talk about the two passes Joe Ingles threw away in the second quarter? Is that where we're going? Is that going to be the topic on the show today? Um, but it, it really was a culmination of all uh, all of those things, except for one, by the way, because Gordon always has to take, well, if they make their threes, they're going to win. If they don't, they made their threes against Minnesota, still lost. And what frustrates me even more is usually I say when the Jazz lose games like this, it was because of the defense. It was not because of the defense. So this was a really weird game that uh, that absolutely the the. The big theme were the turnovers. I mean, if you want to look at reason number one that they lost, it's how they turned the ball over, when they turned the ball over, the frequency with the, in which they turned the ball over was a disaster. I, I had a, a good friend of mine in town from Chicago and uh, came, to, uh, came to, the, uh, to his, well, obviously, first Jazz game this year. And I, I actually texted him in the fourth quarter. I was like, man, you picked a bad game to come to. Because this might be as bad as they've played all year long. That stretch at the at the beginning of the fourth quarter, where they didn't even get they didn't even get they had like I'm trying to remember the stat exactly. David noted it, or maybe it was Booner. I mean the 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 quarter was almost half over in the fourth, and the Jazz had like six shots total. I mean it was it was something. It Just because really they kept something. throwing the ball. Because they kept yeah. throwing the ball away. I mean, six shots, not six made field goals, but six shots total. I mean, it was just a, a, a calamity. 
And then they tried to put it together at the end and uh, and ended up coming sh- coming up short. The the refereeing was dreadful, but not the reason they lost. I know people were complaining a lot about the the out of bounds call, and he certainly was out of bounds multiple times. And I don't know what the referee was looking at because the referee was standing right there. But it should never have come down to that uh, against uh, against the Timberwolves. It it just shouldn't have. And if you hold the team to 101 points, you should win. Yeah, unless they hold you under 100, as as Ron Boone noted. And by the way, uh, Minnesota's defense, that pressure defense, um, we've seen Minnesota twice now, and that strategy against the Jazz has been terrific. But considering they're the second-worst defensive team in the league, I have no idea what they're doing against the other teams. Well, that's I was going to ask you what you guys what you guys said on the post game because as I watched that I I watched just what you just mentioned the pressure defense and they were seemingly they knew where the ball was going to go two passes ahead of time right they knew where it was and and they got it every time and then scored almost every time they got it my my thought was okay is this Minnesota really focusing in on that game film on the Jazz and, and just they they match up well with the Jazz in that regard, but no one else in the league plays like the Jazz plays? Or is this something the Jazz might see replicated by other opponents, namely when the postseason rolls around? See, I think the reason they're able to jump into those pass lanes is because they're staying home on the shooters, and you've got to figure out a way to make them pay for that. From from what I can tell, anyway, feel free to disagree. And they didn't do that. And and it, Rudy didn't have the greatest game because he turned the ball over a lot because they were really just knocking the crap out of him every time he got the ball. You saw that particularly in the in the fourth quarter and the physical nature of the game. Uh, I, I think altered their ability to do that. But part of the other thing is they missed Donovan Mitchell in that circumstance because when they're playing pressure deed like that, give your guy the ball and just have him beat his guy. And they can't hug those shooters anymore, you know. And the Jazz are short on players with the ability to do that. We've known that for a long time. That's part of the reason why their offense, uh, you know, is is really so good is because they generate a lot of open shots for guys that, you know, uh, who's the best. You know, Royce O'Neal isn't going to go out and beat his guy uh, all night long. But Donovan Mitchell will. I mean, who you you know who on that uh, on that team are you going to put in front of Donovan Mitchell that's going to stop him every time down the floor? Nobody, because there's probably not anybody on the planet who can do that. So eventually, you're going to have to help when Donovan Mitchell beats his guy, and you have to abandon this pressure defense that works so well. But it did work well the second game of the year. I did not think it would work well uh, in this game. It did. It works great. And Minnesota's had some health issues, and they've got their players back, and they didn't make them. The Jazz didn't make him pay for Carl Anthony Towns' softness on defense. I bet you that's something that uh, that we might see, we might see a little more of. Me- meaning he is uh, he he wants to stay out of the paint on defense. Is that what you mean? Um, he doesn't want to. Let me think here. He doesn't want to. There was uh, the this is a magnifying glass. There was one particular play, and I'm trying to remember who was on the fast break, but Carl Anthony Towns just got out of the way. As opposed to challenge the shot, and somebody I, somebody got a dunk. I'm trying to remember who it was. Bogey might have been Bogey, and, and I know the player you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and Towns just just got out of the way. He doesn't want necessarily to play tough defense. He doesn't want to be in the middle of the pick and roll. He doesn't. He's not a defensive player. He's not a defensive minded player. He's not a great rim protector. And so usually you would think he would need help. And they got away with not having to help him very much. I thought Mike Conley summed it up well. There was way too much uh, wanting to make that extra pass 
in a game that uh, had come down to you need to get to the get yeah. to the rim. Yeah. And there was no one a going to the rim and b to your point who was it going to be going to the rim? Jordan Clarkson every time, every possession? I don't think so. And, so, you know, they Joe Ingles had a bad game. He's been a real key component to uh the success this Jazz team has had, certainly without Mike Conley at times, now without Donovan Mitchell and he didn't play his best game. You know, a guy who's shooting 50% from 3 uh goes 1 for 6. I mean, that's you know, he has an average night in the Jazz win, right? So, you know, it was the it was the culmination of a lot of things. But number one would be the the turnovers, and not the just the total of twenty, but how they did it, when they did it, and it just was one of those games where where they weren't all that focused. And uh, is an example to the point that uh, Gordon brings up often that if you turn the ball ball over like that, you're going to lose some games, and they did. They uh, they lost against the T Wolves. Uh, Austin, this uh, let me let me bring up this stat real quick because uh, this is uh, this is going to blow your mind. But we got to this in the uh, in the post game, and I wish I could get it exactly. But this was uh, something that had only happened three times in NBA history. Happened uh, uh, against the Timberwolves. Let's see here, bringing it up. Our guy Tyson sent this in. Uh, let's see. This was only the third time in NBA history that a team scored under 100 points with 19 or more made threes. Wow. Well, does he tell you who the other two times no, were? Didn't have didn't get the other under two. Under 100 points scored with 19 or more made threes. That is and that's of course this if anyone was going to do that it was this team this year's Jazz cuz they're so focused on right. threes and dunks. So Wow, hundred points under hundred nineteen or more threes. I'd like. I'm really interested. I'm going to text him. I wonder who the other two were. Wonder if he knows and how long ago they were. Right. Probably not long ago. Probably the Warriors. Because nineteen made threes is is a, a really high number, and that's such an escalating stat. I doubt there was like a Pistons team in '88 <laughs> that shot the three ball had nineteen makes. So I, I'm you, sure you it's weren't recent. taking nineteen threes. Yeah, yeah. So that does take a, a little <laughs> bit of the the steam off of you know only the third time in NBA history. It was three in the last six months as well. But, right. Mm-hmm. But still pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. And by the way, the Timberwolves, their three guys. Had really nice nights. I like Anthony Edwards. He's a player. As he becomes more efficient, he's he's going to be really, really good. He's a little frantic, but he's young. A little bit. Yeah. But the the gifts are there um, oh, athletically. Yeah. I mean, just, just amazing. And, uh, I mean, he put some ball handling on display. He showed the ability to beat guys off the dribble. I mean, there's there's something there. I, I certainly like his game. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is is a one way guy, but what he does, he does it well. And then uh, D'Angelo Russell was really good coming in off the bench. He just loves to play the Jazz apparently because he was he was excellent. So we'll see what happens in the rematch tonight. I I pick the I would pick the Jazz to bounce back tonight. I think they'll win. Um, they'll find uh, find a way to combat what Minnesota does defensively, and I think I think you'll see a big night out of Rudy. This is kind of weird because I believe last season. It was a uh, back-to-back against the the Grizzlies here, or the Grizzlies, the the Wolves here, and then in Minnesota, and I think the Jazz lost here and, and won there. I think that's how that went. So it's kind of weird that it's happening again. History repeats itself, Austin. It's a thing. You mentioned Joe Ingles, one of nine, and maybe we can play this later when we play a uh, shoot around. But uh, during Conley's availability today, uh, Ingles hopped on and said, uh, "No basketball questions, only Oscar questions for uh-huh. the Oscar winner." Uh, and then uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN took a shot at Joe later and said, K 
can't tell us how to do our job when you go one of nine. <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> it was all in good fun. Yeah, that's but cold. You'll hear it when we. Play we that. Let's do that next. Okay. Right, let's let's hear that next because Mike Conley did win an Oscar last night. That's pretty amazing. That's, so did Kevin Durant. I mean, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> that's right. How many Oscar winners have been uh, members of the Utah Jazz? None. That's a. First. Are you sure of that? I don't know. I don't think Marcus Cyberoni won any Oscars <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> did you watch that, by the way? No. I no, I never. I and I host either. the Movie Zone. I never watch the Oscars. You well, get what you need out of it by reading who wins on Twitter. So solve an argument for me real quick or uh, debate my brain. I, am I super lame because I haven't seen any of the movies that were up for, for Best Picture? Or is it a unique circumstance because really there weren't that many movies made or, or distributed or whatever? Hmm. That be, because it's interesting because a lot of them, if not all of them, were simultaneously released on streaming service if they were re- released in the theater right. at all. So I don't really have an excuse. So it was like more available, right? More more accessible. But I would bet I'd be willing to bet Jake that there were a lot of people like you who didn't see these movies, even though they were available in home. What's the uh, so one? Uh, what's the one about Orson Welles? That one interests me. The one about Orson Welles. Isn't there one about Orson Welles? Uh, the making of Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Oh, uh, uh, Mank. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mank. That's yeah. Some, that's yep. some interesting. Howard Mankiewicz. But I don't really know. Oh, it's not about Orson Welles, isn't he the one who made uh, it's, Citizen it, Kane? It. I mean, he's involved. It's. It's not focused on him. It's focused on his work of Citizen Kane, and it's. I believe the movie Citizen Kane, not the book. To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So, anyway. Anywho. Harper Lee and all. I do like her writing as well. It's very nice. <laughs> but it's not focused on Orson. It's focused on Howard Mankiewicz. I gotcha. Uh, Sam tweets in, says, My wife uh, uh, loved mowing the lawn, and uh, when she was almost due, thought it might help induce labor. He said, I've been through the guilt. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So who was that? Sam. Sam's neighbors also think he's a royal jerk. Right, right. And he can't put up a sign or something that says, don't worry, guys, she's trying to move the labor along. Just you put know? up a sign that says, you try to tell her to stop. That, I'm going to get that. Because yeah, it's like, not going to work. Right. <laughs> All right, we'll let you hear from the Oscar winner, Mike Conley, coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, is your Jazz at 30 update presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Rough game over the weekend. Rough, I did that for you, Austin, in your, your wolves. Yeah, you're one of those. Uh, lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday night. Uh, Jazz back at it again tonight. Rudy Gobert had a conversation about he and Donovan Mitchell and their success. Neither me or Donovan. I really I'm focused on that right now. You know, I think for us, uh, for me, I speak for him, but I think I think it's the same way. Uh, it's pretty about you know what we do as a team, and we know that uh, that recognition you know doesn't mean much for us if we don't if we don't win and uh, I think that's pretty much the mindset that we all have in the team you know we all try to give more to the team because we understand that at the end of the day we playing for something bigger we playing for a championship and, you know, it would be better than any individual reward at the end well Rudy Gobert and the Jazz will have another crack at Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves tonight uh, game time will be at 6 o'clock pregame coverage begins at 5 
can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, the Flying Burrito Brothers, selected by me. And brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. See, this is the kind of country I can get into. This is, this is not, it's like in between classic country and classic rock, right? It's not... So, like, Graham Parsons started the band and uh, picked out former members of the Birds uh, rock. Okay. So it's kind of a, like a hippie rock spin on country. There's a little more twang to it than your usual yeah. hippie rock. I got it. <laughs> I, I, went to the, uh, I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame when I was in Nashville a few years ago, which is, was excellent. I mean, it was, it was really, really cool. But they have enshrined there one of Graham Parsons' suits that he performed in. And it was covered in bejeweled, like, marijuana leaves. Like, the whole suit. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow, that's that's really something. Anyway. Where do you order a suit like that? I have no idea. Had to be custom done, I'm guessing. (laughs) But anyway, great Graham Parsons, but uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's hear from Mike Conley. Uh, He had shoot-around availability today. Uh, Oscar Award winner Mike Conley. Uh, won the Oscar. Well, he uh, produced or was part of a group that produced Two Distant Strangers, and it won uh, for Best Live Action Short Film. Amazing. I have not seen it, Austin. I know Gordon mentioned that he had. It's terrific. Have you seen it? Is it good? When I saw it, I went, this is going to win the Oscar, yeah. Well, that's which a lot really of people cool. did. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, uh, Mike uh, was made available today. Let's hear from him. Hey, Mike. First of all, congratulations. Such great news. Um, first, I want to know, were you with your teammates watching and then just your reaction? Um, I was actually at my room. Uh, I had played the Call of Duty game with a couple of guys like 10 minutes before that. And I had to tell them I, I got to get off real quick just to see the, uh, you know, the announcement and who was going to win. And, uh, you know, JC, Juwan, Royce, they all were you know, around at the time. And, uh, just congratulated me immediately. And then, like, two minutes later, Coach Quinn and Joe and uh, Derek, a couple other guys, you know, were knocking on the door, yelling, and, and uh, just, you know, celebrating and getting excited. So it was pretty cool to have the team, you know, not all together, but we, you know, in pieces, we were all, like, you know, celebrating together. All right. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike, with you guys still being among, you know, the teams with the top records in the league, there's been some talk about uh, Donovan and Rudy being kind of, you know, fringe MVP candidates. How have you seen those two guys improve this year from where they were even a year ago? Well, I think, uh, you know, both those guys just have taken leaps, you know, in, in, in both sides of the ball. I think Rudy, we obviously know what he does defensively, but offensively his ability to improve around the rim and, um, you know, catching the ball and finishing in different ways uh, gives us another dynamic. And Donovan, obviously, uh, 
through his leadership and ability to just find something new in his game every year. Um, whether that you know, whether that's this year just being more of a playmaker at certain times, but then also being able to know when to you know go down the court and score 10, 12 points straight and um, have that kind of mindset is 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 growth. You know, they all have the talent, but to just really put it out there and do it is a, is a different story. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Mike, I, I wanted to get uh, your thoughts on the play-in tournament. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I know that you've, it's kind of gotten mixed reviews, but, you know, I, if you've been in the league for a while, you've kind of gotten stuck and used to the style that we have, uh, that we have have had over the past, where, you know, just the eight, eight Cs get in and you and you go from there. So, um, for me, an old an old school guy, you know, a veteran, you know, I'm, I'm cool with the, with the past setting, but um, we'll just have to see how it works this season and if the teams are responsive to it and the league, you know, wants to continue it. And we have a follow-up from Eric Walden. Hey, Mike, it seems like no matter what you guys do, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, well, it all comes down to what the Jazz do in the playoffs, right? Like, this team isn't, you know, legit until we see them advance further. As I think the only guy on the team who's made it as far as, like, the Western Conference Finals, can you just kind of speak to the difficulty involved and, like, you know, how much more difficult it gets round by round and how you think your experience of having been there before can maybe help this team take the next step? Well, it, it truly is. Uh, it truly is tough to, to win in the playoffs, regardless of your seed, regardless uh, who you have on your team. I mean, it's all about matchups at the end of the day. Uh, I've been a part of teams, you know, we were the eighth seed and we beat the one seed. Um, been a part of teams, we were the five seed and we make it to the, you know, conference finals. So, like, um, you know, no matter what your seed is, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to refocus and relock in and, and take it team by team, game by game, uh, because, you know, it's not promised that you're going to get to the next round, no matter how good you did in the regular season or how, how much success you've had up until that point. It's a whole new season once the playoff starts, and, and we have to be thinking of it as that and, uh, and get our, you know, get our swagger back and get our motivations in the right place and, and get our goals, you know, right where they need to be so, so that we're ready to go for, you know, the, the stretch run. And Kristen Kenny has a follow-up. Mike, so how did this film, Two Distant Strangers, come to be and how did you get involved in it? Well, I, I have a good friend that used to work for uh, Jordan Brand, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sponsored by now. Um, he left and started doing stuff in Hollywood and things on the side. And he called me up one day just uh, last summer, right right around August, uh, a little before August. And was just like, hey, got opportunity for you if you want to get involved. Um, you know, we really could use your help and um, yes, your, your mind, your mind and everything that's Yo, going. Hey, you got, you got an Oscar winner on the thing. If they're not only talking about this Oscar, we don't want any basketball questions today. We want only Oscar award-winning question especially from tim mcmahon you look miserable right now but put a smile on your face we're discussing it as we speak thank you hi madeline but uh anyway um now so he so he just let me you know let me in on the, the project and said that you know they they're they're close but they're not going to be able to get it you know off the ground and, and run it by september if you know a couple more people don't get involved and um we really could use your mind on you know how the script is laid out and you know how accurate and all that all that stuff is so i'm like man sure you know i'll be involved and um 
I love to, you know, kind of get my feet wet, you know, not really have to um, do too much, but do enough where I, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, helping the case. And, uh, didn't know that it would blow up to what it is now, but, um, you know, we're just trying to get the Sundance Festival and, and, you know, look where we are today. All right. And we have a question from Tim McMahon, ESPN. Hey, Mike, uh, please tell Joe that when he goes one of nine, he needs to focus on his job and let us do ours. Um, I actually though, wanted to ask you about Joe with the notable exception of, of the other night, his efficiency this year is like at historic levels. Um, what do you think of his shot selection? And, and you know, are there times where you guys are, are trying to get him to uh, you know, to, to be more aggressive and occasionally take in or, or take something that, that might not be considered a good shot. Yeah. You know, he's Joe, what makes Joe so special is, you know, outside of his personality, he's, he's an unselfish, he's just an unselfish guy. And, um, he finds himself, you know, he can get lost in the game sometimes just trying to pass and get guys open and, um, you know, pump faking and make extra plays. And, and for our team, we've got so many guys that can do that. It's like, man, you, you shoot the ball better than anybody in the league. You know, let it let it go. Let it fly. You know, it's transition. Come pull it up, pull up and shoot it. Like somebody goes under a screen, like pull up and shoot it. Like get a foul while you shoot it. Just, just get the ball in the air. We have a pretty good, you know, idea from the past that you'll probably make it. So, um, you know, we're just encouraging him to, to, to continue to just look at the rim, continue to be aggressive. I think that just gives us, you know, more space and another element offensively that uh, can really help. All right. And we have one last question. This is from Kristen Kinney. I know we're bouncing back and forth here uh, between basketball and the film, but I, I still really want to get more on this film. Um, it was a little quiet at first, so I didn't get to hear a lot of what you said. But I just the experience that you guys had as a team, watching this together on the day of the verdict um just what was that like for you guys to as, as a team to watch your film and how, it's such a powerful moving film um yeah it was it was actually very timely you know just i, mean, I don't think you could have we could have watched it at a better time i think that um obviously with the verdict and and you know what's been going on the last few weeks there's been a couple more shootings and um, everything is still so real and still so prevalent to what's going on that, you know, for us to be able to watch that as a team and, and just really, you know, have everybody in there as a, you know, for a conversation again and, um, and to speak on, you know, the, the, the feelings that the film made you feel or um, your, your perspective of the film and, you know, just, just seeing it from different people's opinions um, is exactly what, you know, I love to see is just people having the conversation and, and asking questions and, uh, you know, just still that awareness is there and, and, and everybody's not, you know, done uh, with this topic because it's an ongoing thing every day. So I'm just proud to have been able to show it in front of them and uh, have them participate in the way they did. Oscar award-winning producer Mike Conley right there. We want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. We'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Coach Chiesa jumps on with us at 3. Mannix at 4. Pre-game starts at 5. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Minky Couture. Uh, Mother's Day is May 9th. Whew, it's coming up. Austin, we're going to have to jump on this. Are Speaking you sure? Minky, I'm glad I'm doing this liner because I'm going to need to get down to Minky Couture. What'd you um, say, May 9th? May 9th. Ugh. Get the best blanket ever that is also the best gift ever for Mother's Day. Sandy and her staff are doing it again for our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day. Get 50% off right now when you mention uh, Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. Promo code Zone 50. Minky Couture for Mother's Day. That's Minky Couture. 50% off. That's huge. That's, that's, I'm not kidding. I'm typing it in right now. Yeah. Do that. If you're like me and are just terrible at coming up with gift ideas, and I'm really bad at it, admittedly, uh, this is a no-brainer. And 50% off. Amazing. She's going to love it. We have like 10 of them. They're amazing. We have. We only have two of them, but we fight over them yeah, yeah. constantly. It, it kind of ruins other blankets for you, but don't make that seem like a negative. Just get a few. Uh, you get multiple. And somehow they're extraordinarily warm in the winter and not too hot in the summer. I don't know how that's like possible from a physics standpoint, but they make it happen. I love in the summer to crank the AC just just ice cold and then wrap up in my minky. Yeah, nice. And this is the, the most underrated part of those blankets, in my opinion. Machine washable, and they still remain soft. It's, it's not like that sweatshirt that you have that's really soft for about the first two times you wash it, and then it's just crunchy after that. No, it's Good soft. point. Yeah, yeah. Well, trust me, now with young children, if you can't wash it, I don't want it. If you can't machine wash it. Right. Then, then it has no place in my house. I'm with you. All right. Um, real quick, Austin, since we're a little bit short on time here, can I just uh, can I just complain about something really quickly? You know me. I love complaining. Um, and I, I just wonder what type of person you are from this standpoint. Um, there's a lot of things to complain about when it comes to social media, but I'm not the person that enjoys watching uh, excruciating injuries. I, I just don't. I don't want to see it. I, I don't scramble to see the replay or whatever. I don't want to see it. And there were two, two excruciating injuries two. over the weekend. Um, one coming from uh, the NBA, from Orlando Magic, uh, Devin Kennedy, and the other from the world of the USFC with Chris Weidman. And I'm happy to report uh, that I have not seen either one. Really? I haven't. I, I didn't see the Magic player, uh, but I certainly saw Chris Weidman. And I had it's, to. It's, you, I need therapy. I know. I was wa I was watching the Jazz game, and I, I honestly, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to have social media tonight because I didn't want to see it. I didn't. I that badly didn't want to see it. And I knew that if I had it Twitter up in the background, that everybody would be tweeting about it, and I would see it. I didn't want to see it, so I didn't have Twitter that night. I think I just put it on my mentions just in case somebody wanted to interact with the, the post game show, and that was it. I was so, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care what what <laughs> others are saying about the Jazz or whatever out there. Uh, I'm not tonight. I'm not. I don't want to see it. I, I I saw it described, and I thought, no way, no way, do I want to see that. You saw it. I saw it, and uh, you you don't have to see it. You did you did the right thing, Jake. 
in my opinion, it's not an injury you have to see to appreciate the the violence of it, the gruesome side of things. You heard about it, and I, I trust me, it's enough. You know how bad it was, and you've never seen it because you heard about it. I don't exactly. I don't. I don't need to see it. Thank you, Austin. I, I somebody out there was describing how it sounded, and it that was it, the worst part. It just sent chills down my spine. The the sound of it, no, I even thinking about it now. Just I heard Hans describing the the Orlando Magic one earlier today and describing the sock turning red, and I just like I don't I don't need to see it. Wait, his sock turned red? Yeah, because it was a. Oh, a, see now I'm re-describing it. It was oh. a, a compound fracture. So he's, yeah, I don't. He wasn't need, describing Kurt Schilling in the World Series that sock turning red thing. No, he was actually. This was a man bleeding out at the ankle. And again, I'm getting this secondhand because I didn't watch it because I don't want to see it. You know, uh, so at Jake Scott Zone, don't send it to me, please. And and here's as long as we're saying Gordon's right about stuff today. Here's something where Gordon's really right. Injury is just the worst part of sports. It just is. It's so it's so painful and impactful on people's lives. I mean, uh, this this kid for the Magic, um, he may lose his NBA dream over this if he doesn't recover, you know, to the point where, wow. you know, he was when he's kind of battling to, I don't want to say make this magic roster because I know he was a draft pick, but, you know, battling Hang on for a few years, battling yeah. to make it, you know, and you go through something like this. It's not like when the Gordon Hayward injury happened and people got mad at me and said this was a really cold take, but if there were ever a time for an injury like that, it was when it happened to Gordon. His ink had barely dried on his long-term contract. You're not talking the nonsense side of things. You're talking from a logistics, signing right. money, being guaranteed contract. Security, right. all of that. Forget how the summer went leaving Utah. Right. None of that's involved here in your comment. Right. No, You're no, saying no. simply he had just signed and the Celtics, were they were stuck with him. Right. From there a was human standpoint in yeah. his life, that was the best time something like that could have happened. Imagine if you were somebody like... And I don't want to jinx anybody. Wow. Me. Uh, maybe I won't. If you're somebody who's just trying to play their way onto a roster, you, you're you're bagging groceries next week if you have something like that happen. You know? Yeah, good point. And, and it's just when you think about the, the actual human side of injuries and let alone the pain, uh, it's it's really a hard part of sports. How many How many extraordinary collegiate athletes out there could have made zillions of dollars had they been able to be healthy? I immediately I think of Luke Staley. Oh, perfect example. His whole life would have been different. Right. Imagine uh, another one I think of, uh, Chase Hansen. Oh, yeah, for sure. If if he were able to be uh, healthy his entire collegiate career and, and uh, you know, properly prepare his body to play at the next level, um, how good could he have been? And I could be wrong, but I always think of Gianni Paul and Jordan Pendleton, too. If they Throw them in there. Yeah. Can you, how, many, how many legends... Never were legends because of one injury or another. Me. Throw me in there. As Chronic well. bloody noses. Kept me from the league. And then there's, you know, Hans. Hans talks about this all the time. Hans was relatively healthy his entire football uh, playing career. And when he was injured, he was able to play through it somehow. Because that what he had happen to his thumb. I don't know how you're able to play football when you, when you do that. I mean, it's just there's got to be some luck in there, some, you know, smart training, I'm sure. I mean, it's just one of those, like, did Dante Exum do anything wrong? 
or did he have just a rotten run of luck from a, a, a injury standpoint or, or DNA somehow comes involved, you know, and, and you think, wow, did, have I had weak hamstrings in my family? I don't know. You know, it's, it's really the hardest part of sports. I totally agree with Gordon on that. It's just, it's rough. All right. Coming up next on that downer note. And don't share those videos with me. I don't want to see it. I've come this far. I, I don't want to see it. Coach Chiesa joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right.